Blog Talk Radio.
Hello, hello, hello. Wow, welcome to another Sunday for Let's Talk. I thank God for this 13th day of March in 2022. And I know we're on the World Wide Web, and some of you will be listening to this message. Oh, who knows, 2035, 2235, 2044, whenever and however the Lord allows, um, and he allows us to tarry. So I'm going to go ahead and turn the program over to Minister Sheila. And I have a different type of request on this morning. I not only want her to pray for us, I want her to make the announcements and uh, do everything that would usually be done at the beginning and the end of the program um, because I have something that I'm expecting from the Lord on today. And when we go off the air on today, it's going to be strictly based off of what he's uh, prepared me um, to do. So, Minister Sheila, if you can go ahead and pray for us and make the announcements and do everything that we usually do at the beginning and the end. Um, now I would greatly appreciate it. Ms. Minister Sheila, I turn it over to you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I just want to thank God for another day for blessing us and to give us another day of life that you didn't have to, but Lord, I thank you for yet you have given us life for today. Okay, I'm gonna attempt to do this as any interruptions, please forgive me, because I am just getting started for today. But God, I give honor to you, who is the head of our life, who blessed us with another light of life to give us a blessing, another birthday, another day that we are glorified and praising your name and thanking you for this day. And thank you for a possible elect. Excuse me, Dr. Cecilia Kaiser, Prophet Antoine Thomas, Minister Brandon Kaiser, Pastor Troy Thomas, Prophet Antoine Thomas, Dr. Serena Wright, Minister Sylvia Kaiser, Wright, Minister Margot McCloy, Pastor Reverend Lawrence Seabury, Mother Missionary Evangelist, excuse me, Tony Montgomery and Linda Handy. I give thanks to all Minister Brandon, to all the leaders within our family and within our spiritual family. Lord, I thank you for my sisters, my brothers, my sons, my daughters, nieces, nephews, granddaughters, and grandsons. Lord, I thank you for the miracle blessings that you gave to our family. To my son and his wife, little baby girl, just only two pounds, she was preemie. She had to be brought into here, to this world of emergency surgery. But, Lord, I thank you. But they say she is strong and is a fighter. Lord, thank you, Lord, and ask you to bless her. For the, put your hands on her and help her through this critical stage that is going through on early birth. I thank God for blessing us through this day. Thank the God to bless us for this world that we're in to help this government to realize we are here for all the people, not some of the people, not no hand-picked people, but the people of love that you have brought to us and to let us know that we are here to love each and every one, no matter what your race is, your creed, your religion, male, female, black, white, orange, whatever. It is, we are all here, sisters and brothers, to our God, our Father, and to the Son, Christ, Lord Jesus, and to help this police, this law enforcement, to carry us as one, not as the prejudice, the prejudice that they have, the hatred, the mistreatment of people due to their race. Lord, I want to thank you, and I thank you, and I thank you. And I just want to say 
I thank you, Lord. I cannot thank you enough. And I bless blessing us with another day. And I give honor to all that is listening today. However you're listening by phone, blog talk, the web, or however it may be, may God bless you and to keep us all in his love and his mercy and in his hands that the Lord has blessed us with. And I want to thank you all for listening. As the announcement is each and every Sunday morning, for let's talk with Apostle Elect, Dr. Cecilia Kaiser, Minister Brandon Kaiser, each and every Sunday morning, <coughs> excuse me, 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Monday nights, which is blog talking, also Facebook at uh, for Iron Shopping Iron at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. I mean, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I believe our speaker tomorrow night, Monday, is uh, uh, Minister Margot Montgomery, a wonderful woman of knowledge and words and truth testimony to the Lord. And on Friday night, which is Blog Talk and Facebook, at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I believe this Friday it will be Minister Sylvia Kaiser Wright or Prophet Antoine Thomas. They do share. If I'm speaking incorrectly, please correct me. I just want to say I thank you and I thank you. And I just say ask God to bless us all and to let us know we are here through through to God and the Christ love. Christ Lord Jesus, excuse me, for their love and mercy that they have given us every day, that they have blessed us to be here. And I just want to say thank you, thank you, and thank you. Back to you, Apostle Amen. And tomorrow will be the second Monday, so it will be, uh, it's scheduled to be prophet, um, servant, pastor, um, Troy uh, Thomas. We know that he's a pastor of the Fountain and Living Water, but sometimes the Lord uses him in the prophetic realm as well. So I just want to thank you all. I'm going to start off with saying, I am going to ask you all to bear with me this morning because we're going to talk about several things and then we're going to get into the summation and the conclusion of what God's message is uh, for us and him preparing us for the individual and corporate blessings that he's going to give us on today. So you need to, uh, T.D. Jake says, get ready, but I'm saying to be ready, be ready, be ready for this personal journey with God on today, because remember, Esther prepared to meet the king. So I need you to be ready, because just as she was the queen, you, some of you are queens, some of you are kings, but you all are the chosen ones of God. I don't plan to be before you long, but I am expecting another visitation from God, either on this air today, this week, this month, this year, whenever he wants to visit. I want us to be ready, be ready, be ready for those things that we've already brought before him, those spiritual needs and wants, those natural needs and wants. Glory, 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 hallelujah. I mean, those things that we've told God about, those things that we asked him to remove those giants, those red seas, whatever, whenever, however, and whatever we need him to visit us all, whatever we need him to touch, whatever we need him to answer, whatever we need, whatever we've laid before him, because remember, the message today could only be for me. Or it could be for someone that's going to listen in the future. It could be for one of you. But I am expecting a miracle. I am expecting a visitation from God with his timing, during his timing, however he wants to do it because he's not bound by time. I'm the one. You're the one that lives in the 24-hour-a-day <laughs> boundaries. Because remember... 
I've been asking God about these visitations that he's been having with me. I mean, sometimes I hear things, because remember, I've asked him to circumcise my ears, and sometimes I see things. Remember, I've asked him to circumcise my um, eyes, and I remember years ago, I had asked Apostle Sandra Thomas, I said, God comes to me in, in miracles and uh, of dreams and visions, and I, I just wanted to know what this means and what that means. And she would say to me, Cecilia, go to God and especially ask him why he visits you in your dreams and not as much in visions. And I said, okay. She said, because obviously you may have so much going on until you're not taking time out to see love, to pause, to hear from God. Because you know he's already uh, done things for you. You know that he's already made uh, promises to our grandparents. You know that he's already made promises to our parents. You know he's already made promises to you because he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he's already and he'll keep bottling up all of those tears that you've had before him. So with that, I want you to think about what does the word trapped mean to you? T-A-T-R-A-P-P-E-D, trapped, which, of course, came from the word trapped, T-R-A-P. Some people, when they hear the word trapped, they think about an animal or something being caught in a trap. Some think about being ensnared. Some think about the prevention of escaping or getting free or uh, being tricked or deceived, a scheme or plan uh, that someone puts in place to trap you, to induce you, to do um, any type of deception or trickery. Some people think about it typically as a body part, uh, being tightly held and where you cannot move or be freed. Or um, some people in baseball think about how they use their hands and their feet to trap a ball or to trap whatever it is they use in that particular sport. Some people think about being confined or cut off or cornered or, or pinned down. Some people think about how they're driven in a corner or they're pinned in or they're closed in or they're shut in or they're in prison, they're held captive, they're caught, they're duped, they're, they've been cheated on, they've been beguiled, they've been fooled. Well, while I was writing my notes for this message on today, I heard a man, a grown man, groaning in such agony like he was trapped or stuck in some type of mari place, some type of painful place some type of snare, and he was loud, and I kept listening because I was wondering, God, why am I hearing this? This is another visitation like what you gave me with the lady screaming. I said, God, I don't understand. What am I, what am I hearing? I know that you're fine-tuning my hearing and my seeing so that I can hear and see those things that you want me to hear and see. And I know this must be connected to what you're ministering on tomorrow. I said, but it's like a deja vu. It's like the things that I heard from you years and years ago. It, but it's deeper. It's more frequent. It's more intense. I was like, it's it's more and in the past, it was more visual than auditable. And sometimes it was both. I said, but God, this audible sound that I'm hearing, and I keep listening, but there's no one there. God, this is like having a hearing aid in my ear, and it's turned up to its highest volume. God, this is reminding me of the vividness of the dreams and the visions and the colorfulness of the things that you once would show me when I was young. And when I was a young adult, God, these visitations, I thank you for them. 
but what are you revealing to me? And he took me to First Samuel 15 verses, First uh, Samuel verses 15 through 27. But before I get into it, I want you to know that these verses talk about the choice for a king. And you know, each and every one of us are God's chosen. Chosen as a minister, a prophet, a prophetess, a bishop, an apostle, a teacher, a preacher, a pastor, a part of the fivefold ministry. But I also know, God, that you revealed to me that we've been preaching on trusting you and your timing. But God, it feels like you're saying that you know that you can trust us. But now we need to know that you want us to trust not only your timing, but you want us to trust everything about you. Now, in these verses, 15 through 27, where um, it's talking about the king being chosen, let's read verse 17. It says, when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, there is a man of whom I spoke to you. This one shall rule over my people as king. Verse 18. Then Saul approached Samuel in the city gate and said, Please tell me where the seer's house is. Verse 19. Samuel answered and saw, I am the seer. Go ahead of me to the high place. For you shall eat with me today, and in the morning I will let you go and tell you all that is on your mind on today, Minister Sheila, Minister Margo, Minister Sylvia, Prophet Antoine, Pastor Troy. Minister Brandon, Reverend Lawrence, Mother Montgomery, Minister Ron, you are the seer. You are the hearer. You are the cleric that God is going to use to take his message to the chosen people. And not only will you take this message to the chosen people, you're going to tell them the things that God has appointed you to tell them in the season that he appoints you to do it. But it does not mean that while you're appointed to be the seer, to be the proclaimer of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you will not do it in the midst of insurmountable odds or giants. Because, see, when you're called by God, the very things that come against you want to put their foot on your neck and on your head to stop you from doing the things that God has called you to do. See, there were some anakim, the race of giants, that were called the long neck. Um, giants that were in Numbers 13 through 33 and Deuteronomy 2, 10 to 11 and 20 to 21. And these giants said that they were all of that in a bag of chips. And they said it so much so that even the descendants of God said that we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. They didn't say in the eyes of the giant, but they said in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. So it's like they felt like they could be easily stumped or eaten. They felt like they were walking in fear. They felt like they were looking at insurmountable odds that could wipe them out, just like the plagues of grasshoppers that eat up crops and 
uh, livestock and and uh, homes and things that come against your food and your shelter and more. And then there was another race of giants that they said that were just as strong and numerous and tall like them that were called the Emans. These were the ones that were in Genesis 14 and 5. A matter of fact, these giants were called the desert giants by many because they wanted to bring you to places where you felt you were in a dry place, that Sodom and Gomorrah type place, that tribe that uh, was even defeated, was defeated around the time Abraham lived east of the Jordan. This was during the 14th year that the Shadar Larama, the kings, were subdued. Because, see, you can have these troubles and these giants in your life, and it seems like they're tall as skyscrapers, such as the hatred, the injustices, the microaggressions, the sicknesses, the diseases, such as cancer and dementia and COVID and HIV and AIDS and the self-genocides and the black-on-black crimes and the war in Ukraine and the various things that are trying to wipe out a whole generation, a whole nation, the same ones that try to enslave blacks so much so that they would lose their own identity. But you know, there's another race of giants, and these giants were not only talked about in Genesis 14 and 5 and Deuteronomy 2 and 20, but they were the ones that were called the fallen angels the terrible ones, the spirits that were dead, that were dwelling in Shiloh. These are the ones that uh, were thought to be uh, ethnocentric, meaning that they had their own race, whether they were called a Jew or an Egyptian. But these fallen angels, the sons of God, are the ones that had the sexual relationships with the women that resulted in births, theological and biological obstacles came that caused and resulted in genetic issues and viability issues, those things that are so extreme in their sizes that they genetically appear to have normal hereditary issues, but they're giants. Those people that are so tall, those things that are so big, the various perversions that are connected to sicknesses and genetic distortions and psychological extremes and challenges and disorders and thinking, thinking, and those so-called relationships that have caused people to be in a fallen state, a reprobate state, a generational hereditary factor that affects our seeds and our seed seeds, so much so that we're looking at people and we see these things of schizophrenia and bipolar disease and all of that and wondering why, why, why does this appear to be going from generation to generation to generation? And those people are feeling stuck. They're feeling trapped. They're even feeling stranded. So what does it mean or feel like to feel stranded? Well, according to the dictionary, it means not being able to move forward, to be left or grounded, to need uh, help, to need assistance, to feel that you're abandoned, you've been forsaken, you've been deserted, you've been cut off, you've been beached, you've been grounded, you've been marooned, you've been cast away, you've been wrecked, you're in a shipwreck, you're high, and you're in a dry place. Well, please. I need to let you know that although you may feel stuck, you may feel trapped, and you may feel stranded, we can run to God, and he will set us free. Hebrews 13 and 5 says, Keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. John 3 and 8 says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. 
So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Hebrews 13 and 8, which is another scripture, says Jesus is the same today, whether he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Second Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, and the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So when you know that you're new, you understand you can go to the word of God and you don't have to feel stuck or trapped or stranded any longer. Acts 1 and 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You're going to be God's witnesses. You're his chosen. And remember, we talked about that earlier. First Timothy verses, um, First Timothy chapter 2 and verses 1 through 15 actually talks about the urges of supplication and prayer and intercession. You know you're an intercessor. It talks about the thanksgiving to be made by all people. That's you. You give thanksgiving. You're uh, even praying for the kings and those in high places. You're the one that leads people to a peaceful and quiet life when you direct them to God. You're the one that shows people how to live the life that's submitted to God, that says, I come to you, God, because you, God, you're the one that saved me. You're the one that has all of the knowledge of truth. You're the one that I meditate on day and night. Colossians verse 1 through 23 and uh, chapter 2 is even summarized to talk to us about being knitly bound together in love, to be able to reach all the riches of full assurance and understanding and a knowledge of God's mystery. See, God has mysteries that he's revealing to us, treasures of wisdom and knowledge, because he even reminds us, for though I am absent in the body, yet I am with you in the spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and firmness of your faith in Christ Jesus. Isn't it wonderful that we have faith in God? Isn't it wonderful that we know that beforehand that prophets and holy scriptures concerning his son, Jesus was told about him coming and then he came and how the apostles learned from him and how we are yet learning from him as believers, as the clerics. Isn't it wonderful how God even reminds us in Ezekiel how the flesh had come upon them and the skin had covered them, but there was no breath. And how we know that God will breathe the breath of life into us. God will prophesy and command the thing through us. And that even those bones and, and those things that became a great army, you will be the one that God uses to prophesy to that great army, that God uses to speak life into that great army, that God will use you to show them that if he used me, if he used you, he can use anybody. So because he can use us, we need us to fear not, to not to be dismayed. We need for us to know that God will strengthen us. He will help us. He will help us to be those righteous people. He will help us to know that no word that proceedeth out of our mouth shall return to us empty because we're going to speak the word of God. We're going to speak what God says. And as we speak what God says, we know that his purpose shall be established. I know you say, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you, but I'm going through this, I'm going through that. But I want you to know, some of us, have been feeling stuck. We've been feeling stuck because of the choices we've made, because of the choices our parents or grandparents have made, because of the systemic or institutionalized biases and policies and the things that made us feel like we had nowhere out. Because, see, to be stuck means that you felt embedded, 
you uh, are upset because people have said something to you and dismissed uh, what you were saying or or that they had you feeling like you were clinging to something that needed to be forgotten or that you were in a particular position that you were unable to move out of or to progress from or that you were static or that you failed to progress or that you're remaining in that specific situation and place that is perceived to be tedious and unpleasant because you kind of lost your motivation and, and your tolerance for this or that or that person because you feel like you're a stowaway. Why won't they give me credence? Why do I feel immobilized, embedded? Why do I feel bogged down or that people are just tolerating me? Why do I feel like I'm sick to my stomach in this very thing that they're talking to me about? Why do I feel like I'm in a place of suffering? Why do I feel like I'm stuck in this relationship? I'm stuck on this job. I'm stuck in this regret. I'm stuck in this unforgiveness. I'm stuck in this self-condemnation. I'm stuck in these false expectations. I'm stuck in this low self-esteem. I'm stuck in this low self-worth. I'm stuck in this fear of the false evidence that appears real that the enemy has tried to bring my way because he wants me to imagine that this or that has to still happen. Well, imagine that person has been falsely accused that's been imprisoned. Imagine that person that's been falsely accused of that infidelity that they didn't really do. Imagine that person that's had their truths perverted, that person that's been uh, so bogged down with disappointments and failures and losses until they feel like they can't go on. That person that uh, hasn't been able to make a decision mm, about leaving that job because it's time to retire. That person that needs to move because God has told them to move to a warmer place. Well, I'm here to tell you that on today, this week, this very hour, in a minute, in a nanosecond, in a century, in a decade, that those things that made you feel like you were stuck, you are no longer stuck. You are no longer trapped. Those things that made you feel that they were bigger than what your parents had asked for. Your parents have some things that they put before God. Your grandparents have some things. God himself is trying to tell you something. He's trying to tell you that you can trust him in his time and in his wisdom and his sovereignty. He's trying to tell you that you are his chosen. You are his called. He has put the mantle on you for such a time and a season and a purpose as this. He's trying to tell you that this generational mantle is bigger than the ones that um, this person had or that person had. But God knows that George and Molly Seabury has came to him and, and told him what they wanted for us. And that was why um, Grandma has started the uh, family reunion. That's why Apostle Sandra Thomas had to fight through so many of the things that the constraints um, had caused our Aunt Sweetie and our our mothers and our aunt baby sisters and our various parents not to be able to make it through in these religious rules and constraints like the Pharisees and the Sadducees because if you were a woman, you couldn't do this. Only men could do that. Well, how many of you know that God is uh, uh, allowing the world to erase the gender roles. How many men think that they're a woman and the woman think that they're a man or they're coming up with the people now that are called the X gender? They don't really have a gender because they're this or they're that. Well, you are being called uh, to wear this mantle. Elijah has given Elijah this mantle. This mantle is your mantle. This mantle is causing God to circumcise your ears and circumcise your things that you're hearing and circumcise the things that you're seeing. God is saying that he's going to make sure that your eyes are no longer closed to what he wants you to see. He's no longer going to have your ears 
in, in a place where they can't hardly hear it. It's not clear anymore. But this is the season. This is the time that he's saying you won't miss it. You won't miss him this time. You won't have this or that happen to you. And you say, oh, well, I know God's not going to forgive me. Oh, you're going to know that only did God forgive you, but you're going to be quick to repent. God's going to give you such an unction of repentance until before you even uh, would do a thing, you're going to think about it and say, "Mm, uh, I can't do that because God is calling me for such a time as this. God is sending me for such a time as this. Just as Elijah put the mantle on Elijah, it's not just one, but it's many now. It's not just one prophet, but you are a type of Elijah Minister Margo, you are a type of an Elijah, Minister Sheila. You are a type of an Elijah, Minister Sylvia. You are a type of an Elijah, Pastor Troy, Dr. Wright. Oh, my goodness. Prophet Antoine, Minister Brandon, you can't get away from this call because God is preparing you. Uh I know so many of you have said, but the mountains, the rocks, this or that. No, 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 no. You can't get away from this. No earthquake, no fire, no wind. Nothing's going to stop what God is calling you to do. Can you hear the sound? Ah. Can you see the mantle that's been laid upon you, that's consuming you? Oh, my God, death can't even do it. Nothing's going to take this call away. Don't you know you're going to plow through the with the oxen? Don't you know that God's going to cause you to, to, to kiss the very babies that have been born into your lives, to lay hands on the baby berries that, that has been born. You're going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You're going to lay hands on the berries and the strawberries and the trees and they're going to grow. Whatever you find your hands to do, God's going to use you. He's going to give you the fuel that you need. Don't worry about the prices. He's going to give you the directions that you need, uh, Elijah, because you're going to serve him, and you're going to serve him with your whole heart. He's going to send you a help so that when the person has this infirmity or that infirmity, he's going to have you to call for the various elders that you're going to go into intercession with and the groanings and the various things that you can't utter. He's going to cause you to pray in your heavenly language. He's going to cause you to persevere. He's going to call you to build up uh, those things that you to build up because he's going to teach you how to pray in the Holy Ghost. He's going to teach you how to pray in that unknown tongue and language, the heavenly language, and yet the uh, language of many nations. He's going to show you how your prayer is going to be fruitful. He's going to show you how your spirit, man, and your soul is going to be subdued and yielded to him. He's going to show you how to sing the songs and write the songs that's going to cause the day of Pentecost when suddenly the sound's going to come from heaven like a rushing wind, and it's going to come into the house, and people are going to have resembles of fire. Oh, my God. He's going to show you how this spirit's going to rest on you, the Holy Spirit. He's going to show you how God's going to use you to have the ability to speak And when you speak, it shall come to fruition. He's going to show you how to clearly understand him. He's going to show you how when you speak, people will listen. And they're going to listen because they know that you're speaking through the words and the mysteries of God. You are going to be edified. You're going to edify the church on today. We're going to take this time right now. Each and every one of you that's on the line, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to go before God. And I want you to pray in the heavenly language. I want you to pray until the sound of heaven comes in like a violent rushing wind, until it fills your house the house of your head to your toes to the inside out. Until it fills your car, 
until it fills your job, until it fills every fiber of your total being. I mean, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you on what to pray. Follow his instructions. Mm, Don't let anything around you distract you. Ah, if you're at work and you can't do it right now, know that God is going to visit you on today. Whether it's when you're riding on your bike or or driving in your car or in the shower or sitting in your home, he's going to visit you. He's going to help you because the giants shall fall. The Red Sea shall open. The enemy that's been chasing you shall drown. For this enemy that you see today, you will see. No more. It's personal on today, but yet corporate. Have your way, God. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We lay out doubt before you can. We lay out shame before you can. We lay out unforgiveness before you can. We lay out self-righteousness before you can. We lay aside every agenda. And we take up your mantle. Have your way. Have your way, God. We lay prostrate before you saying, have your way, God. Have your way, God. Ah, we accept the frequency. Of your visitation. God, it's all about you. Whatever's distracting us. It's all about you, God. Nothing else matters but you, God. We thank you for the power of agreement. Have your way, have your way, have your way, God. Have your way, have your way, have your way, God. We surrender, God. Have your way, have your way, have your way. It all belongs to you, God. In the moaning and the groanings of your spirit, have your way, God. Have your way, God. It's not about me, God. It's all about you, God. Have your way, have your way, have your way. Wonderful God. Wonderful Savior. Have your way, God. Over the byways and the highways. Have your way, have your way, God. In the hospital rooms, in the nursing homes, have your way, God. In the neighborhoods, God. For me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. 
have your way back. Teach us. Teach us, God. Teach us how to surrender, God. Surrender, surrender to you. Yield, 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 yield to you, God. It's echoing in heaven. It's echoing in the world today, in the skies, in the mountains. Have your way, have your way. My God. Have your way, God. Mm. Have your way, God. No distractions. Mm. No agenda. Have your way, God. Sila. Like a mighty rushing wind. Have your way. Every hallelujah belongs to you. Every glory, glory, glory belongs to you. Every dime, every nickel, every million, every billion, every trillion belongs to you. We pray for the nations. We pray for every time. Heal the heart of the mother that prayed for her children and cried out, stop the violence. Uh, mm. For every premature child, for every failed infant, for every barren womb. Every broken heart Restoration to the marriage Every single man Every child of a single man Every surrogate mother, every surrogate father, mm, every orphan, every widow, God, mm. God, let your presence, let your Holy Spirit. Rest in every service of today, every home, mm, every car. We thank you for every car accident that you've prevented. Ah, every heart that you've caused to beat again. Mm, we thank you, God. Every tear. That you placed in the bottle. Every season, winter, spring, summer, or fall. Mm, thank you for every doorpost that you've put the blood on. Angel had to pass by. Thank you, God. For every mind that you've restored. Every act of love, every act of charity. Make it an action, God, a way of life. Strengthen our intercession. That it will be more intimate with you, God. Yes, God. Mm. Help us to intercede even for those 
that would appear to not to need intercession. Bless the blessed. Give more to the charitable. Give a heart to want to give to those that would be selfish and to teach them to be selfless. Karabashe. Have your way, God. Have your way. And it is so. And so it is. Thank you for visiting us today, tomorrow, next week, next month next year, next decade, next century, have your way. Have your way, God, as we but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto us. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you again.